Well, Brent is gay, and Kaylin's gay, and Clark is gay, and Ryan's gay, and Adam's gay. It's Homo Superior. Issue 186. I'm Kaylin. I'm Clark. I'm Ryan. I'm Adam. I'm Brent Wingate. This week on Homo Superior, we've got the hottest dish on the new Hellfire Gala looks. It was a medium-sized week for comic book issues, and we have your precious news, you sluts. Okay, before we get into all that, some quick meta stuff. Um, you should check out our review of the final episode and the entire season of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. We had on special guest and super nerd Megan Ratliff uh, to talk about the themes, execution, and the future of the MCU. And, you know, check it out. Um, you should also check out our Instagram this week as we've launched our new Home Superior Bar Sinister, where we'll each week we'll show you great new recipes for cocktails that are superhero and X-Men inspired. And you thought they were dead, but Vicky and Kiana cut the resurrection line and are back with a new episode of their Krakoan morning talk show, Talking More. See what they think about the end of Ten of Swords, which happened a while ago, WandaVision and Children of the Atom. And then lastly, next week, um, there'll be a new issue of Hellions coming out. And uh, it's going to feature everyone's favorite asshole, Empath. So we have a special Class X to educate you on Empath's history and character. Uh, that Class X should be available on Tuesday, March 4th. May, All right, 4th. But May, May 4th. 4th. May 4th. I can't travel back in time to <laughs> produce that. Um, let's talk about that gala. Um, the Hellfire Gala, which as its name suggests, is basically like a Marvel version of the Met Gala. And it's set to take place this June across multiple books in the X-Men line, as well as a special sized one shot single planetized X-Men issue. Whoever wrote that sentence, I'm going to break your fingers. This week, <laughs> this week, Marvel released the Hellfire Gala official guide detailing the rest of the team's looks for public praise and ridicule. And we're here to run down the best and potentially worst looks of the upcoming 12 issue crossover. So if you'd like to follow along with us as we talk about some of Krakoa's finest couture, search Bleeding Cool News, Hellfire Gala, or just bleedingcool.com, and you can find all the looks in one place. You can also listen to our issue 180, where we reviewed a bunch of the early released uh, uh, outfits. Uh, so now category is superhero fashion, but ho... Polar is, Polar was, Polar what has not yet come to pass. Decked out in what can only be described as a green hoop skirt and hoop neck, Polaris is rocking, slicked back hair, and practically nothing else. Uh, I am not finding this look attractive. It is positively repulsive. What do you guys think? I'm getting like Thumbelina realness here, and I don't like it. Uh, I do love Polaris in general, and I'll, although not as much as Clark. It's not my favorite look. Adam. Yeah, no, I agree. It's uh, it feels it feels like a bad version of uh, Emma's that we saw in issue 180. Like there's just not enough to it. I do actually like the pushback hair. It's very like alien esque, but it's uh, I'm not. It's not just not doing it for me. I, I find the silhouette not exciting, and I think she could do more. I'm getting kind of like a 70s space villainous kind yes. of thing, like space queen look. 
I also, I don't really, I don't know if the metaphors are flowing in there or not. It makes me think of, you know, that, I mean, fucking the great Gatsby, there's always that stupid green light that everyone talks about. It seems like this, the, like the fucking faded green light across the um, water in that fucking boat. I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I enjoy what it could be, not really what it is. <laughs> it's very deep. <laughs> I like that. I appreciate that. Which actually uh, weirdly is, that's a lot of what happens in the great Gatsby, actually. Okay. Ryan. Um, I okay, so this is sheer, right? So we're supposed to like just live that illusion. But it we don't see a panty line, we don't see a brazier, we don't see anything. So that for that, like that's really good. That's nine out of ten for me. I, it looks it, great. It's magnets, it's all magnets, Ryan. Oh, oh, I love that. That that's even better. Yeah, like, why wasn't she holding, like, a metal dress together the entire time? That shit would be very cool. Like, it's a very literal interpretation it. of, like, a magnetic field. Um, but as a fun fact, this outfit is twice as expensive because she had to buy it polar. This makes me think of um, Greenland. You know, everyone, so it reminds me of Greenland because, you know, it's, like, seems all icy, but it's actually just covered in mold as well. Yeah. Fern, yeah, know. lots of fern. I, to me, as a fashion statement, it seems pretty, it seems like it's trying to be innovative, but it's relatively simple. Um, I kind of wish there was something more. What if uh, it's just one big chunk of a piece? What if it's just one material? She's just carrying around like a split and giant it. green light bulb the entire time. <laughs> Some of these fashion outfits, I really want to see them actually sitting in a chair uh, and what that's supposed <laughs> to look like. A lot of them can. They're just Wait, hold, on. hold on a second. Is that a vampire? Because my blood is Russian. Oh, wait, that's Colossus coming in with more personality than a 12-story arc. He's coming from Kokoa, a fur cape from St. Petersburg, and his beard is from Tom of Finland. What do you guys think of Colossus? Kayla. Just starring in all of my wet dreams. My God, I'm, I'm just absolutely enamored with it. And I'm not the only one, because if you went on Twitter over the last couple of days, People were lusting after it. And our most popular tweet ever, the dumbest pun that I ever wrote for us, got viral. So viral, it actually made uh, up. Wait, you, wrote, which was, you wrote that, Caleb? Whoa. I you wrote You're handling that. I wrote Is that. Correct? Me. <laughs> you're a new, you're what a did it say? Featured tweeter. <laughs> so I said, there's uh, already been a lot said about uh, Colossus, Kink of the North thirst of his name but can we just add god damn so dumb dumb pun but people loved it and of course people love colossus even more myself included mm -hmm. ryan it's um it, it is good but it's not great it's it's sort of basic shut your mouth okay it's just like <laughs> look, he looks hot and he's wearing yeah. a beard and i think you're just attracted to the beard but i'll move yes. on okay <laughs> okay but i i think that the look itself is just sort of meh it kind of reminds me of his brother that loves capes, Mikhail Rasputin, because he mm. owned that bitch, always wears a cape. It kind of just looks like that for me. Um, but I do like um, in the alternate like versions where he's like wearing the hat. He's like, I am the most Russian. I love it. Adam. Adam. I actually like it without all of the accoutrement. I think the actual bodysuit, I mean, it obviously is just a bodysuit on a hot person. <laughs> But I love that it's sheer. I love the uh, neck, like where the buttons are for the neckline. 
I think that's really cool. Like, I do think it really, it comes together very nicely because he's so fucking hot in this artwork by Lucas Warnock. Um, but I, yeah, I mean, it, it's very simple, but I think it's really actually very cool and progressive, I think, to see a lot of these like male characters and more sheer stuff, even beyond just, uh, you know, a lot of people have like toplessness, they're wearing jackets with no shirts on. I like them kind of taking him like, no, he's like dressed in pure faggotry and I love it. I mean, yeah, and this entire thing for me, well, not the entire thing for me, I do love the beard and everything, is the fact that like, they're not just accentuating the bulge, they're talking about it. <laughs> they're mentioning the fact that there's his oh, dick. Yeah. And so that's getting big news in my, I was going to say big news. <laughs> big news. Honey. I was going to say it's getting big news in my mind, but um, yeah. <laughs> It, I mean, that's a big thing. It's something that a they story were... in my mind today is Colossus's dick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think it's, it's a it great. Seems like like the whole ribbing that's going on. It kind of seems like a zipper that yeah. is, like you know, like the entire thing is just pointing right directly to his crotch, <laughs> and he's unzipped his entire body down to like below belly button. This is truly hobum. Hope make it fashion, as you said, Brent. It is. It's it's fantastic. So should it's we? Fantastic. So Colossus should keep the beard, though, right? I oh mean, yes. yes. What a oh my up. god, yes. Yeah. Night and day personality. Did he have a beard in Age of X? Well, not Age of X, but like the the flat, like whatever the fucking X Man universe was. Age I, of X Man. Yeah, because he was hot in that too. I. Uh, so the beard is he killing did. it for him. He's got to keep it. There was he a short the period there. where he. Got a, he hadn't really had one ever. He got a beard and everyone, like the readers, were kind of furious about it. So they got rid of it again. And yeah. it's the correct thing. He needs to have the beard. He looks so much better. Especially when he gets in his like mopey woe is me art fa- phase where I'm like, <laughs> no, you're not going to be shaving every fucking day if this is how you're feeling. Yeah. yeah grow it a beard and go into a crazy art phase. Yeah. All right, why have one when you can have multiple, man? Uh, Jamie Madrox was the chief fabricator behind all of this event's looks. I hear that Jamie had to pull a Stan Lee, which is when you run out of material, so you just steal from DC. Green Lantern has never looked better. Brian. (laughs) It is a thousand, like, this is the new Green Lantern look. This is some gay-ass Earth 2 Green Lantern. That's all it is. I can't. Like, he even has the mask. Like, there, there's nothing to, like, it's exactly that. If you just, if you saw, like, oh, the new Justice League was just released, and he <laughs> was one of them, it was like, oh, Green Lantern's Adam. Like, you would not even think twice. It's crazy. Adam. This is, the shadow. This is, so he actually reminds me of a character called The Shadow Hero by Gene Luen Yang and Sunny Liu, who are two Asian-American uh, creators. That's all I'm getting from it. Uh, and it's a little Green Lantern-y, and I don't really care for it. I don't think it's that great. Yeah, it's it's a boot for me as well. I don't... It, it almost looks like what Richter's could have been. Uh, and this doesn't fit Madrox as a character at all. Like, I don't know, have a bunch of small people versions of you as a costume. Do like something that's your special ability. Like it's a bunch of like stuffed animals that make a dress of multiple men. I don't know, but it just, it's very, it's very blase. It actually also seems like it's a good fit in the Watchmen universe. It looks like Ozymandias a yeah, lot. Yeah, that's exactly what I thought. Uh, so For no, sure. I, I'm not a big fan. Uh, I think that as much as the Colossus outfit accentuated his bulge, this one does the exact opposite. B 
because right. it is it forces you to imagine Jamie Madrox has a, a trapezoid shaped penis that yeah. goes down to his ah! knees. He's wearing a skirt. It's like yeah. makes it, no sense. Yeah, the, the artwork does make it look like that's literally where his crotch begins, right where the score. <laughs> <laughs> All right, who needs friend frenemies when you've got frenzy? She's sporting a silky blue X dress with a gold popped collar and a helmet to match. If you were trying to figure out which goddess to pray to, it's this one, Kayla. <laughs> Speaking of goddess, Storm better not see Frenzy come down the red carpet because she'll murder her. Because this is the look that Storm should have had in the first place. Frenzy has never looked better. I'm obsessed, absolutely obsessed, at how good it's she looks. Great. It's Agreed. so great. I, no I do like that she, no she, notes. It's so good. There's, I literally like, yeah. I love oh. that she she has like the havoc popped collar from like the night or like just like his weird giant jacket. I feel like, but yeah, no, I love the look. The dress is beautiful. She looks great, and I want more. I say you got to be kidding me if you say you don't act like this. <laughs> All right, <laughs> so <laughs> moving on, Wizkid. As Mama Rue always says, Redding is fundamental, and Wizkid has it down to the X's, honey. Did you uh, say she- Redding? Reading, yes. That's Brett, the way you, you, you've never watched the show. Is that right? <laughs> you've never watched the show. I only I only read the words. It says reading I, is fundamental. Can I just say Adam's reaction to your puns? Uh, this is our reaction to all of your puns all the time, Adam. Yeah. <laughs> Live this in is this. a taste Live of your own medicine. Uh, and first of all, the introduction line of nobody beats the whiz kid is a very fucking good. <laughs> Uh, so he has an all red suit to match his stylish candy apple red wheelchair and a bonus astronaut helmet. Personally, I love it. He is dressed as Krakoa's hottest gumball machine. What do you guys think? <laughs> Kayla? Yeah, this is uh, definitely some Judy Jetson realness here. I'm into it. Uh, it's like the kind of like 50, 60 space age stuff. And I'm into that retro shit. It's, it's great. Right? I, I really like it. Um, but my hope is that um, this is revealed to be a scroll of Cosmo um, and it just turns into, you know, yeah. the space dog that wears a helmet for no reason. Yes. Um, uh, I, I really want some sort of crossover where they see each other. Like something needs to be integrated there. It's, Sorry. It, it makes no sense. It makes in no that, sense. In that, in your version, Ryan, uh-huh. is, no, is so Cosmo, Cosmo the, the dog, dog is constant. Yeah. But but the scroll is also being whiskey. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what you don't understand about this. <laughs> okay, Kaylin. It's very much like uh, it's when Elizabeth Olsen and I can't remember who the other person was were wearing the same dress and they just kind of looked at Aubrey each other. Like, it, was, it was Aubrey Plaza, thank you. And they just they were like, oh, fuck. That's exactly well, what I want. Aubrey Plaza planned that, though, because she's, oh, she- she's a psychopath and I love her so much. <laughs> And so is Cosmo. He's literally a crazy bitch. Yeah, he is. He'll get so into I like this look because David Bowie, it's, it gives me a little David Bowie, Annie Lennox kind of yeah. early mm. 80s genderqueer. Yeah, and I know sure. there's a character and I can't fucking think of the character that like almost like red on red with red hair exists and I can't fucking think of it. And it's been frustrating me for the last like since it came out like, three days ago, just Fiend. in my mind. So Fiend. Someday Fiend. it'll come out. <laughs> Any other thoughts on uh, WizKid? All right, moving on to Across Space and Time. It's Manifold, 
He's got a disco bedazzled yellow blazer and black slacks with matching shoes and a headband. The suit is actually on loan from Lenny Kravitz. And I want to tell you how you got his name because this man can fold my intestines. What do you guys think? Adam. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> end the podcast now. End it yeah. and just kill us all. No, I want to. I definitely want to be in a manifold colossus sandwich. Uh, manifold looks very hot. I love this look. It's very like '70s chic. Uh, the bandana looks great. Just the design and the sh- the shoulder pads are giving me everything. I love it. Uh, huge, huge plus for manifold. Um, yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, besides colossus, I was definitely very thirsty for this look as well. But it also reminded me of this past season of Drag Race when Simone, who was the winner, spoilers alert. Um, when she was, you know, embodying her culture, when she came out on stage on several of her looks, this is what Manifold's doing with his indigenous mm. look uh, or indigenous culture from Australia. I think, I think he looks absolutely fucking fierce. Right. Yeah, I do love all his tattoos. I love the, the dreaming eye, the dreaming eye that he has, yeah. um, for his necklace. I, it's, uh, I'm sorry, Ryan, I interrupted you, but there's your hand. <laughs> It's okay. I wasn't speaking. It's fine. Um, uh, so if you're going to do a shirtless look, Gambit, this is how you do it. Like this is this is done well. This is the, this is the best of the best. And also, Dawkins should have been shirtless, but that's that's a whole another thing that we don't have to cover here. We but, can talk uh, about. It'll be interesting. Yeah. Sure. Uh. Do you want to talk about the docking one? We can just throw um, that in now. I, I like the fact that it's basically like this is his dress up. He's actually wearing clothes. <laughs> right. It really does like, look like he got I it from Joseph A. Bank. All of the time. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm going to be as demure and totally incorrect as possible because that's who he is. He's going to fuck around with everything. Yeah, he's like, I don't need to go to Jumbo for my suit. And you're like, you should though. Probably, But right? maybe go, huh? <laughs> you're halfway through the, his issue, it'll come off. <laughs> All right, if you can find her behind the J.J. Abrams lens flare haze, you'll see Dazzlers wearing a black onesie with the silver bell bottoms and sleeves. Ryan, is this outfit hard to look at or hard to look away from? (laughs) Um, Okay, so this is what happened with this outfit. So, um, okay, because we're friends, so I can can say. Um, So she she, um, missed her appointment with Jumbo Carnation. And she was like, oh, fuck, what am I going to do? So what she had, she had one of her extreme X-Men outfits. And she's like, what am I known for? What am I known for? So she just put bell bottoms on it. And she realized it looked like shit. So she's like, I'll just use my powers the entire night. And so that's <laughs> where we get with this entire look. So that's why it... Eh, and also, who did her makeup as well? Which we're not really commenting <laughs> yeah. on, but come on. Now, Ryan, she, she was hanging out with mercury at the time that both of them missed their appointments right oh totally yes absolutely mercury's just like i'll put flowers on me that'd be fun I right i feel like she just dipped herself in a different oil and it happens to be affecting everything wrong right. <laughs> <laughs> set herself on fire with dragon yeah. fire as uh, a huge as a uh, ryan i'm sorry this is a huge boot from me i think her okay. even okay. her fucking like original introduction like white costume has style whatever the fuck this is so it's, it's just so, so lazy uh yeah no it's it's a bust and the hair like she she just looks so much better every time she's showing up recently than in this outfit adam she's going through a very difficult star wipe transition right now <laughs> kaylin 
Uh, this is basically the fashion equivalent of Kylie Minogue's Golden. Not her best album. It's still Kylie, but I'm not going to listen to it over and over again. There's some hits, um, but yeah. <laughs> no, Ryan, no. <laughs> Wait, so Ryan, where did, did you actually think it's good? or No, it's go? terrible. Oh, yeah. It's the worst. <laughs> he looks drunk in this picture. He looks drunk from the past in this picture. She looks terrible. He's really trying to hide, like, She's doing everything she can to like confuse people, like an optical illusion. Like I'm not wasted. (laughs) What if I time hopped from the time that I was most drunk in the eighties? Wouldn't that be fun? No. Give me some gum. She also has like gray shoes on. Weirdly, I just yeah. No. Okay. Okay, guys. I'm friends with her, so I can. Those are horse feet. She has horse feet. (laughs) (laughs) She's wearing hooves. Yeah, she's wearing hooves. Yeah, that's tough. Uh, speak of the devil and magic shall appear. She has a flowing white dress with a pop of fiery colors underneath and horns bigger than a ball rocks. And the heel she's wearing? That's right. They're cloven. <laughs> Most of the outfits are formal wear, but this one's so comfortable, you can limbo in it. Caleb, what do you think of Magic's outfit? I, I'm obsessed. I think it's wonderful. I think she is definitely the ruler of hell. And, you know, she's got the look to, to, to back that up. Um, the horns kind of like emanating from her head, I think is probably my favorite part of it because it's clearly like, Hey, I'm a demon, but I'm also, you know, I'm here to work. It's great. Now, what the fuck is this? Is this like <laughs> some sort of sketch that happened and will never, this is, is, some it, is this what the art is going to look like? Yeah. I, I, no, I, I don't, I, I don't no. understand. I, mean, I can't really rule on this because I don't know what the fuck this is going to end up looking like. It could look like shit. I don't know what co- comes across what. I don't know what's going on here. Yeah. I'm going to guess that she's probably normally not going to have her armor on. It'll be the dress. And then at some point she'll transform into it. Yeah. Some of the, in their like preview guide for the gala, it's obvious that they're still like building out. I think some of it or all they had was like the initial sketches to really showcase it. I think to me, if it, if I really hope she doesn't have the armor on because that's kind of like not my jam, but the actual dress itself with the horns, I love it. Are the horns, I hope the horns are like not even going to be attached. They're just going to be hovering. Floating. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what, if that's the case or not. I don't know what's going on here. Kaylin? So what I think and I hope is what we see is what we get, where you've got like the armor um, just as a very simple bodysuit. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's very well fitting. Uh, but then you've got this sort of ethereal dress, essentially, and the horns that make it look otherworldly. I mean, she is a sorceress. You oh, know, it doesn't yeah. need it doesn't need to be you know actual material like we've seen in some of the other outfits. It is truly it's demonic. It's 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 magical. It, that's in her name. That makes sense. I mean, I think I really like this one uh, conceptually, in part because. It made me feel like all of these looks should be a rough draft version that you're kind of getting at Jumbo's, like his own drawings, like this is the vision I'm going for. And then other artists can kind of like fill it in and make it concrete. So you get two looks to see. But this one I love because you actually have this kind of flare uh, that, that kind of like hoop up and down that, you know, represents the fire. And it's actually done with a purpose. It's not like, that's stupid. I don't think that Colossus had a good flair on his like ab section because it looks like a dumb accordion. And in this case, it actually has like a meaningful interpretation to it. Uh, moving on, make love, not war, path. 
You wrote that, Adam. Why? All right. <laughs> because that's how RuPaul says them. Just oh, a- how would RuPaul say that one? Make love, not warpath. I don't know. Oh, yeah, okay. She's British? Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm, it's yeah, me, I'm sorry, RuPaul Adam. Kane. No. no. Uh, I'll uh, go dressed, first. Dressed in all red and black uh, with wingtip shoes and knuckles the Enkaida on each shoulder. Warpath's <laughs> outfit has the feel of a straight person who's learning to be an ally. Adam, go. Yeah, this is a huge dud. It's like he he saw Colossus come out of Jumbo Carnation's shop and was like, I'll make that myself. And it's just like, it's horrible. Uh, they look like blowfish on his shoulders. The like yellow eggs. Like, are those just like leftover eggs that didn't make the cut for the five? I don't know. I hate it. It's gross. Caleb? Caleb? If Alexander McQueen were designing the outfits for Moana, this is what you would get. Uh, I fucking hate it. It's awful. It's just not, it's not good. <laughs> I'm trying to find some sort of heritage aspect to connect to it. And it, it's just fucking that. chaos. It's, it utter, like it's some, utter chaos. To me, it feels like someone described what Penance is going to wear to Warpath. And then he like did it himself. <laughs> no, and no, Monet is like, I'm not doing that. Oh my God. Actually, not Penance, it's actually Rachel. He stole Rachel's yes. look with the spikes and everything, which I loved. And like, I think this is just a subpar version of it. Well, cause he didn't go the distance. Hers went the full distance of being fucking stupid. Now his is just boring, stupid. He literally has like dumb cufflinks. Like the whole, none of it works. Cause it hasn't like, he hasn't decided if he wants a suit or he wants like avant-garde and it's, it's disappointing. Also those boots are from Affliction from 2004. Like <laughs> I hate them. They're so bad. They're so bad, but didn't you have them at one point? I did. Oh, I totally girl, did. And it was like, I totally have they're so Look gross. at me. I know. Yeah. It's awful. I also had boot cut jeans, so let's not go back to that. Era. If you're trying to go out and be interesting like this, don't wear just some boring white button down underneath it all. Yeah. No, no chunky heels. These are bad chunky heels. Uh, I will say kudos to the artwork because it really looks constantly like he's about to fall backwards. Um, <laughs> Very heavy. Ryan, do you have any last thoughts on Warpath's outfit? No, I just hate it. All right. <laughs> Coming straight from debate club to play devil's advocate about your rights, Warlock is wearing an oversized bow tie and has a major, I want to say hair part, wire part. Uh, did self friend learn to tie the bow tie himself? <laughs> Caleb, the only thing I can say about it is I think Warlock wrote that a uh, read that BuzzFeed piece about how Gen Z parts their hair in the middle while millennials part their hair on the side, and he's like, I can do this too. That's the only thing I can say about this look. The bow tie is fine. It just looks like he just looks like Warlock. Fine. Yeah, this bitch can literally make anything, right? Can he just do anything? Why is this not the most over-the-top, crazy outfit of the bunch? And, like, maybe he just takes some designs from whatever, but, like, why isn't this crazier? Why isn't there, like, uh, 17 feet around him? Because he's, like, created a weird fucking planet around him. Like, it, it's he put a bow tie on. <laughs> the, the dog that I don't even have will have a bow tie on more than Warlock. This is stupid. I hate this. Well, he's got to go on Tucker Carlson tonight later, so he needs the bow tie. <laughs> Clark? Adam, are you... Uh, I, before I go, Adam, what is your 
You had something to say about it? I was going to say Warlock, and I don't want to find the key. Go ahead, Clark. Okay, good. Okay. (laughs) I'm thinking, and this might go in a comic we read that we're talking about right now, Warlock has not lost his best friend, but his identity is kind of, part of identity has been Doug's best friend since, since he existed together. And now he's kind of lost that. And he doesn't know who he is. He's always been this place, even with, uh, we, we've seen with women before where he goes to an event like this. He doesn't know what he's doing. So he's become the character, like, you know, the really nerdy guy at the dance and like mm-hmm. in ni- the 1950s who has like the bow tie and the hair part like an idiot and looks like a complete twerp that no one wants to sleep with. Um, I think this fits his character perfectly. I think it's, I mean, it's dumb and like sad, cute at the same time. It's not going to, you know, I don't know. I, I, I totally 100% feel this is exactly what he would do. I hope he wins prom king, though. You know? <laughs> they just give it to him, like, oh, no, Warlock's such a good guy. Oh, no, 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 it's prom king, queen, and person. Prom yeah. person. <laughs> yeah. uh, what's the mystique, sis? <laughs> it's mystique. <laughs> it's all blue and big blue and white feathers. But where's your wife, Destiny? Still not here? Maybe she's still at that spa upstate. Uh, fun fact, <laughs> Jumbo Carnation got all the feathers to make this dress by taking them from Beak. Uh, Kaylin. <laughs> that's a good use of Beak. Never. That's a good use of Beak, though. I will say, I think Jumbo and Mystique watched every Disney movie and said, I want to be the villainous in all of them. So I'm getting a little bit of Cruella de Vil, a little Maleficent, even a little Ursula. The only thing is, this doesn't scream mystique to me. I actually was expecting something more like Annie Lennox androgynous, as Clark mentioned earlier when we were talking about WizKid. Like, I think that fits her much better. This is, it's not a bad look. It's just, it's just not her. Clark, Do you remember Clark. those, those like 1920s, um, the noir, the film noir X-Men and stuff that they did? She just yeah. seemed like that would be what her character would look in a 1920s version of the X-Men. Mm, it looks yeah. good, vampy and nice. And, you know, I like, I like it, but it, you know, it's not interesting in a gala sort of way. Uh, I have to disagree with you guys. I think this is, looks really great. Um, oh, she, she's very much old Hollywood. And uh, with that all said, her name, her actual name, is Raven Darkhold. Mm. Isn't that literally encapsulate what this look is? It's like a dark raven was just mad at people. And then also she wore her signature white. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think it's perfect. I think it's perfection. This is literally- Oh my God. But- Ryan, if somebody pours water on her, does she start screaming, I'm molting? We've had way, way too many puns. I'm done. <laughs> There's never enough. Uh, oh, I Ryan, I'm glad you clarified that. I didn't even think about that. And I like the outfit a lot more. I think it's fitting. Although I will say the feathers on top make it look like she has more of like uh, a wolf pelt because of how gigantic it is versus like feathers. But yeah, no, I, I dig That's the Game look. of Thrones, though. That's, that's right. where that came from, you know. One well, thing to influence by it. One thing the guide specifically says is that they're not actually feathers, that they are some unknown material that you're like not supposed to touch. Um, To me, it (laughs) seems like- uh, They're feathers. Mystique of characters is the one who is most perfectly suited 
to have an outfit that transitions from one look to another. Mm. And the fact that there isn't stages incorporated in this, I think is, uh, it bothers me a little bit, even though I think overall, I like the asymmetry in the look. Sorry, Clark, what were you gonna say? Um, I was gonna have, Kaylin, what's yours? I was gonna say uh, to Adam's point, if it looked like fur, what if like she got Sabretooth out of free deep freeze and just wore him? Because that's <laughs> something that Mystique would do. Uh, <laughs> just on that, yeah. That'd full, be yeah, full body pelt, just removed to the bone. That'd be amazing. Clark? Clark? Um, no, mine was more, we got to the end of the list of what we were said we were gonna do. Oh yeah, um, let's do some we, special shout outs. I think it would, be, uh, we would, it would be not good for us to have missed out on um, Iceman and Prodigy in their, um, Oh, love prodigy! What did what did we think about those costumes, which are the same? Well, prodigies the is the better version. Like... It's it's the better version. Prodigies okay, is the can, much can, better can, version. Caitlin, can you one of you can you please go through that with us? Those costumes. So, so um, both of them are uh, very uh, gender queer. They are they they look they look like like ballerina dresses or like ice skater dresses to a certain degree, specifically Bobby's. Um, but I think uh, Prodigy's is yellow, while Bobby's is you know all white and blue, like like when he turns into ice. Uh, I think Prodigy's look just fits so much better, whereas Bobby's just looks I don't know. It looks a little like Gus Kenworthy doing drag for the first time. It's just. <laughs> To me, it seems like Bobby knows what Lady Gaga is, but doesn't know anything about right. even yeah. slightly understand what her music means or what people who listen to music means or, you know, pigeons like ginger queer kids in general. He just kind of, I mean, as he is, he's a, as a I keep saying he's a 40 year old man, but no, he's but in their world, probably a 26 year old man coming out of the closet for the first time. Uh, it, 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 he, it, it, so I think it might work in the fact that he's playing catch up, but in like a very garish, unattractive way. <laughs> While like the, uh, who knows what the fuck Prodigy is, 21 maybe, actually like Probably has grown up enough to, you know, is experienced in culture and wants to experiment with who he is in a way that seems natural and not needy. Uh, I think Zapdos and Arctos look terrible, and <laughs> I I did not like it. It seemed like a lazy, here's what a gay person would wear to be shocking kind of look. Um, and all I could think of was they're on the red carpet where, and I saw yellow and blue, but did anyone see yellow and blue? Oh, God. I thought they were terrible. Um, um, they're bad. Sorry, Clark. No, Kaylin, I keep saying things. Oh, okay, Monarch. I want to talk about Monarch. Is he literally just going to bleach his entire skin and every single thing till he's exactly paper white? Are we supposed I think to that was that just, picture? I it's just think it's without, I think, I don't think it's been, I don't think it's been colored yet. That's the only, Damn that's it. what I, I really got. I really wanted him to just be like completely <laughs> bleaching paint. himself. That's what I wanted to talk about that one. Can't like, he manipulate reality? Like, I, was, I was wondering, that? is this complete? I was very confused. Kaylin. Yeah. Um, I just want to mention, I love Sunfire's look. Shiro, yes. I don't think has ever looked better. Um, mm. I'm, I, I'm here for Sink's uh, Technicolor raincoat. Right. Uh, and clearly, clearly, and I put this in our Slack channel, uh, Magneto's look is inspired by Ian McKellen at Pride when he's with all those like shirtless beefy men mm -hmm. because he, he, like it's like the all white suit with like the rainbow sash that Ian's wearing or Sir Ian's wearing, excuse me, uh, like 
it definitely gave me that that vibe in his in his uh met or his hellfire gala look well that's not just his pride outfit that's his everyday collection so uh (laughs) yeah adam uh i was gonna say i don't want to keep them in constant battle because i know they're learning to become friends but Psylocke fucking murdered uh, Betsy on the runway because Psylocke's outfit oh, yeah. is gorgeous. Yeah, so good. She's better because she is <laughs> so, better. I absolutely love better. that. So, and one last thing I'll just say um, Jubilee's outfit is very simple, but it's the best she's ever looked. Mm-hmm. My, not the a one high, not a high bar. My no, favorite not. outfit, and it's not my favorite outfit at all, but I, I love Loa's outfit. Because literally, I was like, what is that? Oh, it's a lionfish. It literally, do you know what that, it's literally, well, no. just Google lionfish. It is exactly what that is. Like those weird striations and stuff, which I learned, decided to learn about this week is a fish that was just the North, uh, the Pacific and um, Indian Oceans, but has gotten so prevalent that it's killing all fish all over the world. Oh, I do know uh, that. It doesn't, yeah. it doesn't have many predators. And so no one's eating it. And instead it's just, and it's venomous and it's, it's a complete mess but you're supposed to be able to taste it and it's supposed to be very tasty so kill as many of them as you see everyone kill all lionfish uh i only had one more and i just want to know who is banshee though because that outfit is great he looks hotter than ever and i almost forget that he was dead for quite some time and i would have sex with him the best i could say about that outfit is that it takes an intolerable costume and makes it mildly acceptable fashion <laughs> <laughs> he looks really hot though i'll give it to him take it away he looks like he should be warning airplanes to not land here <laughs> i mean that oh, is very no. true because he was murdered by an airplane it, uh, oh yeah oh come on it, come it is on. funny his cape looks like i know you're corpsophilia but jesus christ what? it was so blatant <laughs> an airplane smashed into him and he died yeah no i i remember the issue it was deadly something yeah uh, I thought it was nice to see Professor X trying out his new outfit for the first Miami white party he was going to go to. Um, <laughs> and of course, you can be sure to check. Charles and Magneto are a couple. Can we just say that? That's in yeah. canon now. Yeah. Uh, be sure to catch all of the looks at the Hellfire Gala, where if you're male, fashion means having your chest exposed. All right. <laughs> That's been our Hellfire Met uh, uh, rundown. Let's do some comics, Kalen. All right. So we had three X books, two that are in Reign of X. One was uh, an X-Men Legends book that we'll get into in a second. First up, Cable number 10 by Jerry Dugan and Phil Noto. It's a father and son bonding issue as Cyclops and Cable deal with some drunk Iraqis at an English pub. During the brawl, Scott and Nathan have a real heart-to-heart on whether old Cable needs to come back to handle his clone, Stripe. So uh, a couple questions for y'all. At the end of the issue, Old Man Cable has the light of Galador, the big-ass sword that played a pivotal role in Ten of Swords. Does that mean that that Cable that we see is actually younger Cable all grown up? Or is it just is this some weird timey-wimey shit and I should just stop paying attention? Adam? I was going to say, that's, that's what I took away from it. I really hope they stick to that because I don't, like, it seems like a clean cut and actually made me more interested because the whole run of this uh, issues or this, this series, we've, like, all said we don't want old cable back we don't want or like we don't want the old old cable back kind of idea so this is at least intrigued me for the uh the final two issues right i really like this series and i'm sad that it's the first series to sort of go um the art is phenomenal um the characterization is pretty fun like it's um i, I really enjoy this a lot and uh 
I don't want old cable to come back. Just like you said, Adam, like there there's, we've seen that so many times that like, this is like a more inquisitive sort of interesting version of cable without being hardened and wearing too many pockets. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's better for the long run. And in terms of Krakoa, like it makes way more sense. Cyclops had like a lot of good points that like, why are we going to bring back this old bitch? You know what I mean? Uh, I, 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 I'm really sad to see this series go. Um, I, I do hope that they're foreshadowing that it is him in the future. And that's actually who he is. Brent, which will get retconned in four seconds. Brent, Brent. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm. I'm also sad that uh, this version of Cable will have to go somewhere. Um, even sadder that the reason is Strife. I'm not a huge fan of this character. You know, kind of reading this issue, it made me think like how complicated time travel stuff gets. And I kind of there's a part of me that likes the idea that Cable and Strife are going to have to hop around time forever, and they'll always exist in this fight. But all I could think of was, um, you know, we often ask, like, what if you could go back in time and kill baby Hitler? But what if baby Hitler could go forward in time and kill you? So, Ryan, to your point, you know, yeah, this was a really great series. But like every solo book or uh, a book with a solo character from the X books, it only lasts 12 issues. It's like, that's like the magic number that happened with Jean Grey, I think was only 11 issues. It happened with Iceman, it was only 12 issues. I do think that like, this is Jerry Dugan's like story that he wanted to tell. I do hope the younger cable sticks around, but I am so excited for um, Jerry Dugan's X-Men. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like pre, pre Dawn of X, like I just thought he was a fine writer, like kind of unremarkable. His Deadpool was all right. You know, some of the other stuff he did was all right. Um, but like Marauders has been of course wonderful. One of our favorites. Uh, Cable has been great. He understands team dynamic really well. He writes a really good Cyclops. So I'm very excited about that. So, um, uh, you know, I, I'm looking forward to that in a couple of months. Uh, Ryan. Uh, can I ask you, Sluts, one quick question about this? Because he was pitching, like, you should be on the X-Men team. You should be on the X-Men team. He will be writing the X-Men team. Do you think Cable's going to pop in and he's eventually going to be on the team? I hope so. That'd be great. Thank you for your answer. That's the right answer. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. With so, this series, I've kind of been, I, I've not really been looking forward to reading it the last couple issues. Mostly it's, I think it's kind of a morning thing because um, I haven't really liked Loki as much since he came out of um, Journey into Mystery when he was a kid. He was fine in Young Avengers because he was a little kind of built off of that. But I, I, I don't want to go back to that boring old dirtbag man who I just can't, he's not interesting to me. It's, I, I don't really, I don't, I don't know. I, the last yeah. three issues is us getting to this place where I'm like, I don't want to read this because I know, I mean, it could be, it could be true. I'm a pessimist as we know, based on every single thing ever happened in this podcast, <laughs> but until proven otherwise, I'm still going to be very nervous about this and who knows? We'll see. Right. I mean, do you think there's any ability for the other characters who have now engaged with what we all agree is a more interesting cable that when the original cable comes back, everyone is just like, dude, stop being a dick. You were so much cooler when you were younger. Just smoke some fucking pot and chillax. Yeah. 
like that they try and force his character in a different direction, you know, to at least make it more in line with this. But they make a point of him seeing like a dick in this series. Like, like Cable's a, a, a twerpy dick. So I, I don't know which dick would they want back. I mean, I didn't think he was a real dick in this series. Well, I, I don't think so, but that they the, the aura that he gives off to other characters is that. I mean, now now his girlfriend's mad at him. They had made that a plot point. So I guess that's true. I think I think he's just kind of like he's sort of like an immature yeah. dick in this. Like like he just doesn't know any better versus like the grizzled old I've seen it all, you know, mm-hmm. like kind of a dick. Um I I do think the one good interesting thing and not good interesting thing that could come from if older cable comes back his reaction to krakoa i actually yeah. would like to see to see like like what he thinks of it how well he acclimates or whether he completely rejects it and i i, I think there's some interesting stories to mind there i was like this is now the second x book uh, in two weeks that we've seen some more iraqis which i'm really excited about so that was cool yes. that we saw them like just being like uh invading like this pub and just causing a ruckus it's very low stakes in that regard, but that's the kind of world building stuff that I want to see. Um, I'm having so much trouble when you say Iraqis because <laughs> uh, living, in, living in Europe so long, um, not long so long, but long enough that you like, that's how so they long. say people from Iraq. But I was thinking, at the, thinking at the last couple of times you said, it, I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like they were just hanging <laughs> yeah. around in some random British pub with some people from Iraq. Okay. <laughs> All right, well, let's move on to New Mutants number 17 by regular team of Vita Ayala and Rod Reese. Baruch continues his manipulation of Rain while Danny and Karma go on a mission to the floating kingdom of Ro- Roma Regina on behalf of Merlin in order to retrieve a MacGuffin. Long story short, they get it because Roma, a notorious hedonist, is entertained by our two New Mutants. They then head over to the vampire kingdom of Sevalith to retrieve Josh, the young Krakoan, who went over there without explicit permission. He says to the two that he's a lot happier with the vamps, so they let him stay. The issue ends with Karma asking Danny to be her partner in the Crucible. Oh, and Anal yells at Gabby and completely out of core, uh, character. So first question, why is Anal completely out of character? I know uh, Clark and Ryan, y'all wanted to talk through that. Um, I think the only thing I can think about is, is the whole Shadow King situation. He's influencing them in such a way that suddenly he's a dick, but everyone else is kind of still in character. So I don't really know. I don't understand why That's you make a good explanation. How you make the one gender queer character a complete monster when he's a, a sweetheart. Right. I I would agree. Uh, it's it, that or uh, Kaylin, you even threw out this idea when we were chatting about like possibly just him being on Krakoa and just culture and just whatever, like it's changing so much around him that he kind of feels uncertain. And so like, maybe he's acting out, which I would almost, almost give a pass, but the characterization just seems really off for me. It's it's Um, characterization without explanation for like, we need to see backstory for this before you can't immediately shove at us and say, look at this asshole. Oh, wait. Absolutely. I, and I, I've literally read every iteration of him and I love him so much. So it it really does kind of hurt me just a little bit. And I don't know why this, uh, this whatever point of view that we're trying to get across with in this storyline couldn't be by rain boy or someone else that we know a little bit less i i the rest of the issue is fine for me and it's it's okay and i and i and i enjoy parts of it but 
that's the only thing that sticks out a little bit. I'm like, I don't know why we told Victor to be this point of view character in terms of these crazy views. Like, give me another body. He's, and like, he's yelling like, at a 12-year-old like, okay. girl. Jesus Christ. But she's got claws. I mean, come on. She's not. I mean, I, I, oh, it's, it's still a 12-year-old. It's it's a, it's but a, still. But, but, the issue is the 12-year-oldness of it all. Very exactly. strange. And, yeah, and also, he's so mad at photosynthesis. You know what I mean? Like, get over it. It happens. <laughs> and you don't yeah. have to be worried about it, you know? He's hanging out with some kid named Rainboy and a woman that, that other friend is a head in a jar. Like, you know what? Your body looks pretty good. Yeah, I always know yeah. you're, that's, that's what kind of made me, I think it's all in service of a plot. And that's what I always get frustrated. Like, that's when you can really tell something's off. Like, it, it feels a little bit of like Excalibur, where it's like a lot of people saying things where it just doesn't really make any sense. You're like, what? Why? Like the core concept and core content makes sense. Cause obviously it's a, like you were, like you just said, Clark, like, you know, has reasons to believe that like I'm different than most like passing people, quote unquote, passing mutants. But like, you also have to think further like in that it's like, yeah, there are other people that are far, that should be more thoughtful to this even than you. And you're the one freaking out when like, you're a pretty everyday looking person um at least in the world uh that marvel's created um yeah no i think i think the plot there the krakoa plot fell very flat for me but i was a big fan of the sort of fantasy plot that mirage and uh karma went through right uh with the inclusion of farouk to me when a character is out of voice like this it seems so transparently Mm. like he's manipulating things i'm hopeful that, you know, for his character, you know, that, you know, it's, it's not, there's not enough there to have it be an interesting reveal that all these characters have been manipulated by Farouk because it's very clear that he's doing it. So to hide this one specific one seems a little bit off, uh, but, you know, not really knowing the character of Anal that well, uh, it, it, his outbursts seem like outbursts. They don't seem like they're characteristic of something it seems like what you would write if you're trying to show your character is being unreasonable and so i i find it a little bit more plausible that you know this manipulation is going on and it doesn't bother me as much Kalen? yeah i i'm kind of irritated myself for not even thinking about farouk and trying to influence him and it may not even be like a direct influence it may be like a struggle in anal's head where it's like you've got the shadow king kind of pushing and he's reacting against it. And as a result, he's getting irritable at his friends or people he shouldn't be getting irritable at. Um, I do have a question. Um, Brent, do you, you have a quick point you want to make? Well, yeah, it was actually just going to be about Farouk if we we're going to move on to something else. Yeah, go, go ahead. I thought he was like kind of sweet uh, in his creepy way. He, was, he seemed like he was trying to be helpful. And it, there's, I'm, I'm slightly hopeful that part of the trajectory for him as a character is that he is like manipulative and abusive in ways that he doesn't fully realize they're so part of his personality that even if he wants to change, he still does things in a terrible, awful way, but he has embraced the Krakoan idea of like change is possible. Yeah. So? You, uh, you knew I was a snake when you took me in basically, uh, to a certain degree. So moving on, um, what do you think Mirage wants to do in the Crucible? Because that's the cliffhanger that the issue ends on, you know, asking Danny to, to go into the Crucible with her. Isn't, isn't he in her brain? Isn't her, doesn't, doesn't she have her brother Tran trapped in her head? 
Did I make yes. that up? So she I think wants, that's right. She wants Marat. She wants Danny to kill her so then they can create both yeah. of them. They both can have bodies. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Got it. Yeah, that makes sense. And then um, Josh, who we only got to see for the last couple of issues, uh, do you think we'll see him again? I like Josh. Good old Josh. Yeah. He knows what he's doing. Good for him. I mean, he might yeah. be dead love- week, but he seems great. I, no, I, I, lo- I love that sequence so much. Like the the mission into to the kingdom of Roma was fine. Uh, I like a little too Alice in Wonderland for me with the bunny. Um, and uh, but like going into Sevilleth, which is a which is a kingdom I'd like to see more of, especially because I think death isn't death ruling Sevilleth now. That was yeah. wasn't that the resolution of Ten of Swords? Like I would like to see death again. Um, but like just Josh's uh, conversation with Danny and with with Mirage. You know, saying uh, that, um, you know, I never fit in and I don't even really fit in in Krakoa. And this whole idea of eternal life, like, doesn't really sit well with me. I want to explore and I'm really kind of digging all these crazy, creepy vampires or these fucking Nosferatus. Like, I'm into them. Right? I like Josh. I feel like he's your friend in high school who says, I'm going to take a year off before going to college and backpack around Europe. And you're not really worried about him. And you're like, those experiences are going to be great for you, Josh. Have fun in other worlds. Map it out. That'll be great. Yeah. And then he's dead in Transylvania in three months. Got it. Um, <laughs> all right. Let's move on to X-Men Legends number three. This is the time warp. Uh, we're going back in the past. It's by Louise and Walt Simonson. And the original X-Factor are back in an untold tale of how Cameron Hodge went from being a horseman of the apoc- of Apocalypse uh, to a, the mechanical monstrosity that we later saw in Genosha. So, uh, some questions. What did you guys think about seeing the original X Factor again, Clark? I mean, I see him all the time. I, uh, <laughs> I they don't come over for brunch. I mean, yeah. what do you see in your mirror every day? Fucking <laughs> <Like in> cartoons. <laughs> um, I, I I don't know what this is supposed to be for. I like the first two issues were fine. They weren't great, but I knew what it was for and what it was about. This is just literally just we want an art a writer we like to write something, which I, is I, I, do, I do think it was it's clearly like to just fill in this 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 series is for creators of the past to fill in gaps that they never yeah. got to do. So some of it's more consequential than other. Like I don't know if I needed to see this, but I was happy to see this team again, and I was happy to see Walt Simonson's art again with this team specifically. Um, but it's it's a nostalgia trip for me. So yeah. I don't know if like Brent, Brent and Adam really got a lot out of it as much as at least I did, or maybe you did, Clark, or even Ryan. I didn't. I mean, it was, I don't know. It was fine. Ryan, what's up? I mean, it felt like those old issues. So I did feel dropped yeah. into that, which was fun. But I don't, yeah, I don't know what the, and I, this is maybe on me. I thought this series in general was going to answer some of the mm-hmm. un, right. some of the big questions that we were like, what, what is the, and we didn't really get that from this, but, but at that point, like maybe we're not seeing repercussions that we don't know yet. So I know that they're doing another issue. So I, I do want to figure out if it's possibly like figuring out some big question that we don't know about. Adam? Uh, I was going to say, yeah, as a sort of nascent reader to a lot of the old days material, I 
I liked the Adam X stuff that at least seemingly filled in some blanks and was also kind of an interesting story. This this felt like it was just they reprinted and redesigned an issue from that time period. So I guess kudos to them for matching it. But to your all points, I'm like, was there was there a missing part where Cameron Hodge showed up as a robot later and like nobody knew why? Is like was this yeah. just a map blank? It was just I, very I, interesting to me. I think this might be the link between his next appearances um, in Extinction Agenda. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. Oh, okay. That makes a lot more sense then. It's probably, but that's so something the, that like, didn't need really. I mean, but that wasn't the big. It's not, it's not an exciting. We don't need that to be explained. That's not exciting. Yeah. yeah. So um, the funny thing is, is like at the uh, the title card of this book, it says uh, this takes place before X Factor number forty three. Guess what's not on Marvel Unlimited? X Factor number forty three. It goes oh, from X Factor number forty to the first X-Factor chapter of Extinction Agenda, which is like around number 60, I want to say. And I'm like, oh, I actually wanted to go back and read some of this stuff to see where it fit in. And I, I just couldn't unless I actually go and hunt down for the back issues. So quick question for mostly for Ryan and for Clark, but Brent and Adam, feel free to respond too. If you could do like any like issue or two issues of this series, uh, X-Men Legends, like what question would you want to see answered? Holy fuck, that's something that... That's no, why no. I want to no. think about this for 17 yeah, no. weeks. Hell at no. least. Um, All right, that's it. So you get 17 weeks, yeah. okay? Wait, 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 wait. I have wait, an answer I on my desk. Answer. I have the answer. I don't. Why is Anal so mad at flower? No. No. is probably my... <laughs> I, no, no give, I give, let, let's think about it. Let's, let, think let's about do that on a special yeah. extra. Let's bring it up. Let's bring it up on another podcast for sure. All right, so... Didn't mean to stump y'all. Let's move on to some non-X books. Uh, Beta Ray Bill number two by Daniel Warren Johnson. Uh, depressed Bill realizes that his only solution to his midlife crisis is getting a new hammer. And on a ship, he finds a reborn scourge who's so bored out of his mind that he wants to help Bill find Odin. Turns out the Allfather went back to the bar. We saw him in the pages of Thor after his son and new ruler of Asgard picked him out. Oh, and Pip the Troll followed Bill from Asgard to this very bar. And Pip is very depressed. Uh, Odin sends the three to uh, Muspelheim. Am I pronouncing that right, Clark? Muspelheim? Please, so, yeah. Uh, uh, the realm of the fire demon god Surtur, uh, who we saw in the last Thor movie, to get the Twilight Sword, which may help turn Bill back into his humanoid form. As they head through the Stygian Gate to get to Muspelheim, Bill ship Scuttlebutt turns into a female humanoid, humanoid robot. So first question, is this the plot to Solo in reverse? <laughs> Scuttlebutt. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know how to answer that because I don't remember that movie. I do, it's, but I'm blocking it out emotionally. Um, well, so Scuttlebutt, Scuttlebutt yeah. has been in a female form before. It was oh, really? she was actually in the form oh, no. of uh, a Corbinite. So the for a while there were he had um Beta Real Bill. Uh, there was a create it was excuse me. A female version was created for him, not for him, but so that like they could be together forever, blah, blah, blah. She ended up dying at some point and Scuttlebutt went into her and she wasn't. It was a whole thing where, and this all appeared in Journey into Mystery when Sif was in charge um, with Catherine Eminen run. Um, so seeing her again was not that surprising to me. I do like the sleeping with a possible robot spaceship that's been like housing you for decades. Seems kind of strange. Brent? Uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with what exactly a scuttlebutt is, 
but uh, the expression word around the scuttlebutt refers to uh, shipmen uh, getting drinking water from this kind of barrel. And it's basically like word around the office cooler. So uh, to me, it's very funny that they've got a character named Water Cooler uh, who's supposed to be taken seriously in some way. Uh, Kaylin. Um, so uh, just seeing, um, um, you know, Scourge and like Surtur and or at least um, like Surtur in, in flashback makes me think that we're going to see Beta Ray Bill in Thor uh, Love and Thunder uh, because the characterization of Scourge is very much like what we saw in the movie, not so much in the comics, which I don't really mind. Um, it just, I'm enjoying this miniseries a lot. I think the art's gorgeous and it's just a fun, breezy, quick read. Brian? Brian. Oh yeah, oh me, yeah, sorry. Um, I'm being a real scuttlebutt right now. Um, uh, uh, I, I will say, it does feel very Taikai Watiti's Thor world that we're living in right now. Yeah. The bar fight, the interactions, all that stuff. I'm like, they're just priming this for possible MCU treatment, um, which I'm okay with, honestly. I, I really like it. Um, with that all said, I just feel so bad for him. <laughs> like, okay, so a uh, Anal is like, hey, how dare you? I want to be in a different body. You guys suck. I want to kill everyone. I hate flowers. And, but like Beta Ray Bill is like doing it the right way where he's like, I'm legitimately mad about this and I'm acting out. And you understand more of the justification. So it's weird to read both of these issues this week because I thought it was like some weird, it, it was a weird comparison that I didn't think I would ever like draw those two characters together. Um, yeah. I, just, I just really love this this series. I think it's super fun. Um, when they did the diagram of his ship and you saw all the different parts, I was like, this is stupid. It looks like a Polly Pocket. I'm so in. I love all this stuff. <laughs> it's so fun. I do like um, that the the next thing to find, like the, it's so blatantly obvious. Like, of course, the sword that destroyed your entire planet could be used to help you. Like, like yeah. Yeah. <laughs> In world, like, aren't you stupid? But like, for a reader, you'd be like, "Oh shit, okay, that makes total fucking sense." Like, good job. This isn't some sort of random nonsense they pulled out of their ass. Kaylin, I kind of hope that the Twilight Sword becomes his weapon moving forward. I just think that's a really interesting and neat idea to see, like, how he wields it and whether it has a corrupting force on someone who is so noble. Um, all right, let's so move on of to. Oh, God. Yes, exactly. Very, very good transition there. Uh, so this is from last week, actually, but it's Black Knight number two by Cy Spurrier and Sergio Davia. Uh, a recently resurrected Dane Whitman looks for answers from his dead ancestor, Sir Percy of Scandia, who retells the story of Camelot. Elsa Bloodstone shows up to kill Dane because he's a, technically a monster now. They fight. They chat. They decide to team up, sort of. Oh, and it turns out that Mordred is behind it all because, of course, he is. So uh, my only question for all of you how fucking cool is Elsa Bloodstone? Elsa Bloodstone is amazing. She's probably one of the best characters introduced in the last 20 years of Marvel. The coolest. Agreed. The the only thing missing from the Godzilla versus Kong movie was Elsa Bloodstone showing up and killing them both. Like that would have been amazing. I fucking love this bitch so much. Um, that wig is on point. She's just so great. 
Yeah. I love that Dane basically said, hey, we're both Avengers adjacent. And she's like, what? No. (laughs) Yeah, that's such a good line. Especially the fact that he is the one who actually was an Avenger and she... Yeah. I I did like the line of like, oh, what'd you want me to get bit by a radioactive renaissance fair? I was like, okay, that's fun. I like that. (laughs) No, I, th- I think this is a great miniseries. I'm so glad we read Thunderbolts and like, or just sorry, that was they launched it through King and Black. And I just really enjoyed this a lot because I've never known the Black Knight except for like fucking Marvel Masterpiece trading cards when I was younger. So I'm just really enjoying this and I want to see uh, more of it because they have the exact right tone that a character like this should have, especially given how long the Avengers and like these kind of lives and cataclysmic events have been going on. It's very tongue in cheek and I think it's working out perfectly. I do think Black it's kind Knight. of hilarious when there's a MacGuffin, but then we realize the MacGuffin was just one of many MacGuffins that we had to deal with. <laughs> For sure. And then you put all I, the MacGuffins uh, together, and then what happens? Voltron. Um, yeah. I uh, I low-key love Black Knight a lot. Like, his, um, like, when he was in the Avengers, when they, I call it the jacket era, like him and Cersei mm-hmm. and Hercules and Black Widow, is actually kind of one of my favorite like 90s 80s and 90s Avengers eras. I think it's it's great. If you uh, if you want to go back and read some of those Marvel Limited, it's so good. That's when I started reading and they're all kind of terrible too. They're like not that powered up and I sort of love it. I yeah, I love it so and much. And it was during the Operation Galactic Storm crossover which is actually mm-hmm. really good and then they had that schism about like killing the uh like uh what is it the what's the head of the Kree? Dream intelligence. That, Oh, yeah. yeah, the Supreme Intelligence. Big old yeah, yeah, yeah. So, pile. Yeah. <laughs> there, there you go. So that's been our comics this week. It's a news flash. It's an uh, Oscar news me every flash. time. Uh, congratulations to Chloe Zhao for being the first woman of color to win the Oscar for Best Director for Nomadland, which also won Best Picture. Um, the thing that makes it really exciting for us is that Chloe is directing The Eternals, uh, sorry, is it Eternals or is it The Eternals? Which it's Eternals, right? Eternals. I think it's, yeah. it's Eternals. Yeah. So we're very excited about that. Uh, moving on, the Amazon show Invincible has been renewed for seasons two and three ahead of the finale, which by the time you're listening to this will be today. Uh, <laughs> we are going to have a review of the season later, but hopefully, uh, without getting too spoilery, what do you guys think of the decision and how much more room does this show have to run? Ryan? Oh God! Don't do that. I haven't read any of it. Oh, it's it's so good. Yeah, um, but but with that all said, um, my uh, dad has been watching this, and he was like, "I thought this was just going to be a normal show," <laughs> but then they got they got so bloody and like so much stuff is happening, and he's like dumbfounded by it. So I'm like, "This is uh, this is taking the." stereotypical like superhero genre and not doing the boys version of it but doing it in sort of the same like there is good there is bad like everyone's just not terrible it's it's taking that in such a different direction and also produced by amazon so it's kind of funny but um it's i i love it so much they're doing such a good job of it and they're doing the comics so much justice kaylin yeah, I, I'm excited that they renewed it for seasons two and three, and I'm just sort of like lukewarm on the book. Like I read it for a while, and then I kind of kind of got bored and just like like stopped reading it. But I think the show's done a really nice job of condensing a lot of the storylines. I think the voice acting is great, 
And it is funny that you mentioned the boys, Ryan, because Amazon is now the platform slash production company for all superhero content that are like homages right. of actual like Marvel and DC super. You got the boys, you got Invincible. Remember the tick, anybody? We actually watched the first couple of seasons. <laughs> um, so like, I think that's like, uh, they, they, they're, they're getting famous for that, certainly. All right, moving on. Um, apologies for the name mispronunciation if I do it. Uh, Chinaka Hodge will, has been tapped to be the head writer for Disney Plus's series Ironheart, which is currently in development. Ironheart will follow the teenage prodigy inventor, Riri Williams, who in the comics developed her own Iron Man type supersuit. Uh, Hodge worked previously on Apple's Amazing Stories and the TNT adaptation of the movie Snowpiercer. Uh, we've seen two Disney Plus series at this point, and Loki promises to be unlike either of these. Um, so, unlike either of these. So, going forward, uh, what kind of limits do you think that Hodge might face when building out a show like Iron Hot Heart under Disney's house style? Adam? I mean, I think I do think it's a great fit. I mean, it's literally a you know chi child journey hero story, right? That's like what YA success has been around since fucking Twilight came out. So I think it, there's a lot of opportunity for it to succeed. I just hope that they, like we've been seeing with WandaVision, Winter Soldier, and even upcoming Loki, that there is a little bit more twist to it than just the standard kind of origin type story. It's really I, I didn't even think about it until now that we were talking about it that this will be one of the first kind of series where it's like a TV show starting a character and we've been seeing characters that we already know exist. So that's going to be kind of hard to juggle because I, I just don't want to, we just talked about Invincible, which is amazing. And I don't want, uh, I want an origin story that tells something different, essentially. Kayla? Um, on our Falcon and Winter Soldier podcast, um, Ryan made a really good point about how he was originally expecting that series to be a, a watered down Winter Soldier so my hope is that this isn't a watered down Iron Man. Um, you know, having I haven't watched Snowpiercer. I've heard it's a watered down Iron Man three. <laughs> oh no! I'm fine with that. Oh, um, it's better than two. Um, but <laughs> I, I haven't seen any Snowpiercer. I he I've heard it's not great. But the fact that Chinika is the um, head writer, uh, being a black woman writing about a black woman, I hope we definitely get uh, something about like the. The black experience right. but from a younger woman perspective in the same way that we saw sam's perspective and isaiah bradley's perspective in, in uh falcon and winter soldier so i i'm i'm cautiously optimistic i think this could be really good yeah so, no, i was just looking at her wikipedia and everything's on there just seems like she's fucking awesome like all the stuff she wants we about can't hear her typing loud enough could you type a little bit <laughs> i got important stuff to know um, anyways, he's hacking no, the mainframe. He's hacking Wikipedia. It's fucking awesome. I just hope that there, maybe there was some inter interference with um, Snowpiercer because uh, that was a, a rough, a rough, a rough old show. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, so Marvel <laughs> has announced that uh, part as a part of their Marvel Voices Pride coming out in June, they're announcing a new queer character, but they won't give any details other than a variant cover with all of their other LGBTQ plus characters. Uh, is there any kind of character you're looking forward to seeing? No, none. Cool. All right. <laughs> DC Comics has a I new- uh, DC Comics has a new I, horror line aptly named DC Horror. Their first comic, <laughs> a prelude to the new Conjuring movie coming out on HBO Max and theaters in early June. What do you guys think of this? 
Adam, you're our conjuring. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what's so funny is I'm actually pretty, I love fucking horror movies. I'm pretty out of the Conjuring universe. I still haven't watched the second one or many of the others. I, I thought the first one was great. I think the overall story is interesting. I know that there's a lot of controversy over the actual uh, people that it's based on because they were kind of like the original ghost hunters. And it's like, you know, were they really just scam artist type shit? So, I mean, I'm interested. I think more horror comics are always, I'm sure that there's like always fun stuff to do with it. So I, I like to see DC kind of pushing its boundaries in this way. So I'm in. All right. So, uh, so Kaylin, this, this is my Clark's cut swimming. So Kaylin and Ryan, um, Marvel voices, uh, Pride is going to introduce a new LGBTQ plus character this June and Marvel's announced that as part of Marvel voices, but they're, um, they won't give any details on the variant cover with all the other LGBTQ characters. Is there any kind of character you're looking forward to seeing? I know this is something you didn't expect. Uh, for, first and foremost, this is very shocking news to me. Um, I would just like to say, wow. Um, but so I'm going to cheat and say the type of character I want is a full motherfucking queer team of all characters that are like of different, like the entire spectrum of queerness in general. Like, I would love to see that. It can be pre-existing, but I would like to see just so many new ones. Kaylin, what do you think? Um, I think that sounds great, actually. I think I'd like to see some more trans characters. Um, I think that's definitely missing uh, in both Marvel and DC. They're, we're seeing some more of that. We, we're seeing uh, you know, some more non-binary characters, but I, I think we need some more trans representation. Second. All right. Well, that's been our pod. Uh, remember to check out our recent review of all of the Falcon and Winter Soldier and our latest Class X, which is going to drop on Tuesday, May 4th. Uh, it's Who is Empath, the Hellion You Love to Hate and Hate to Love. And you can check out our Instagram for cocktails on Homespears Bar Sinister and the monthly morning news daily with Vicky and Kiana talking more. You can find us on Twitter at X and Insta Instagram at Podcast. Rate and review us if you like us. We've been Homo Superior. We've been Homo Superior. <laughs> 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 <laughs>